Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to the children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we will discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. Uh, and this week, we are going to jump all the way forward to 1989. Uh, we're going to talk about a show that ran from 89 to 93 that ran on NBC and actually premiered on Disney Channel. It's a show called Saved by the Bell. Uh, I've got my friend Eva Stanley back with me this week, uh, calling all the way from Connecticut here on Skype. So we're going to talk about this show, and, and well, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to rip it apart. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> I can't wait. So, yeah, I mean, what what were your thoughts on this, Eva? We'll go ahead and we'll start oh, right with that. Okay. Well, as a kid, I loved it. I watched it. Was it every Saturday morning that it came on? And then re, I think it was like there was repeats on TBS or whatever. I I watched every episode I could, and I absolutely loved it. Um, now, watching it as an adult, ultimate cheese. <laughs> That's oh, all yeah. I got to say. Ultimate cheese and very cringeworthy and oh my god <laughs> it just um there were some things about it that i as a mom i i appreciate about it you know it's pretty squeaky clean there were a few things uh, you know that i didn't care for as a mom watching it um but compared to the shows that are on disney channel and nickelodeon and and you know cartoon network today i'd have to say that it's still fairly squeaky clean uh by today's standards Oh, yeah. Um, for sure. Um, and that is something I do like about it. Um, but, yeah, there is just a lot in terms of the fashion and the nicknames they gave each other and the, you know, the disrespect for Mr. Belding and just you know, some of the plots were kind of cheesy. It just, oh. yeah. Oh, I, I, I like I liked it as a kid and I liked the nostalgia of going back. And it was funny, too, because I hadn't seen the show in 20 years. And, yeah. and I had recorded some off of MTV, too, and I was watching them late last night to get prepared for this. And immediately, as soon as the theme song came on, I started singing along to it. And then I had to catch myself and go, oh, God, no, I'm singing along to the theme song. I better stop. Um, so it came back to me pretty quickly. Um, but even just looking at the cheesy graphics and, and the cheesy 80s music and everything and then the, the music in the background during the episodes, I'm just like, oh, oh, God. <laughs> so cheesy you know this show here it was i get what they were trying to do they were trying to make something for teens to kind of fit in and you know cover that yeah. tween teen aspect i mean that's Absolutely. a big thing that we hear about now yes uh it kind of filled that niche and it because of that i i kind of liked it but at the same time it's done what many other shows of the 80s and 90s have done uh it it, it had the you know it had the very special episodes where we'll cover, you know, drug use or we'll cover, I can't read or, you know, they'll cover, yeah. you know, illiteracy or something like that. It's, it's like, okay, you know what? I get that they're trying to teach a lesson, that they're trying yeah. to teach kids to be more warm and fuzzy with each other. Yeah. But it was stupid then. It's still stupid now. <laughs> yes. Okay. You know. Oh, God, yes. You know, it, it's... <laughs> It was it was that, and I understand that. Hey, they're trying to show, they're trying to show the side of, uh, you know, what happens in high school, you know, what yeah. happens in junior high and high school type stuff. Which okay, I get that. Mm -hmm. I you know for what it was at the time, it was it filled a niche. Yeah. 
And, you know, Peter Engel did a decent job of trying to do that, but it was like, look, you know, it just, it's, wasn't that realistic in a sense. It really wasn't. And I was just going to say that because in reality, I don't know about the junior high you went to, because we went to the same high school, but in the junior high, it was definitely, there was a definite niche of there's the popular cool kids, there's the jocks, there's the brains, there's the nerds, there's the, you know, there's the, you know, whatever the, I, I don't know if I'm, oh, the cheerleaders there, you know, there was definite classes, so to speak. And I'm sorry, like a, a totally popular cheerleader was not going to get caught dead talking to a nerd, you know? So it was kind of like, yes. I watched this even as a kid and I'm going, okay, this is so not my junior high, you know? Well, I it, fit, and, you know and, I, and I wasn't, I wasn't really, I, I was popular, but I wasn't, I wasn't like, I didn't belong to the cheerleaders or I kind of was friends with everybody. Um, so I didn't really, I don't really know what kind of quote unquote class I fit into, but I did as a kid like the fact that they had all these kids from different classes kind of coming together. Um, so that part I, I did kind of like, but then I'm thinking of the reality of it. I'm going, there's no way these kids are going to even give the time of day to screech much less, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? It just, and that part of it was kind of like, eh. and maybe well, that was intentional. Maybe that was a whole point of the show was to, break away from that you know and to try to bring everybody together um but yeah there were definitely a lot of things about it that were like so not <laughs> oh, so yeah. not the way it is and i and now i you know thankfully schools have cracked down on bullying and um you know doing that and, and uh, oh yeah well so uh, and believe me we'll get to some of the stuff because i got i got a bunch of background on screech on dustin diamond so oh, we'll get yeah. to stuff like that stuff that happened behind the scenes Mm-hmm. So, but we'll we'll get to that when we get to the when we get into the meat and potatoes at the end of the end of this here. But you know, it just I don't know. I I I watched the show partly part of the reason that I watched the show on Saturdays and on syndication and you know during the week was because there was nothing else on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. You know, it was like okay, what else do I watch? Plus, you yeah. know, hey, I I'll admit I had a thing for Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Uh, oh, what yeah. guy my age didn't at that time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, she was a hottie. <laughs> yeah, she was. She was a hottie, yes. Uh, and I so, have issue with that, too, but I'll get into that later. Yeah. I think, I think that they focus too much on her, personally. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course, you know. But So let me let me kind of get into a little bit of the history here for, yeah. for everybody who doesn't know about this. Uh, Saved by the Bell, it was, you know, it was a sitcom that ran on NBC. Uh, it came out on NBC from 89 to 93. Yep. Uh, it originally... The series is actually a retool. It, it started off on the Disney Channel yes. as a show named Good Morning, Miss Bliss, and it had That's Haley Mills right. in the start of it. That's right. Yes. Uh, so for those of you who want to go and catch it, it is on Netflix currently. Uh, as to how long that will be there, that I don't know. But mm-hmm. if you go and you watch it, season one of Saved by the Bell is actually all of the episodes from Good Morning, Miss Bliss. Very cool. Uh, had a lot of the same characters. You know, it, it there were two characters in there which were different from what happened in the rest of the seasons of Saved by the Bell. Uh, there was a guy, God, I can't for the life of me remember his name, but he was like, he he was like Zach's best friend, like yes. one of Zach's best friends. Little curly-haired yes. guy, uh-huh. um, you know, looked like he might have been, you know, white or maybe Italian or something like that. You know, whatever, I don't really care. But he was, you know, he showed up there and then they had this other girl who, she seemed to be, you know, he... The the one kid that was replaced here, 
he was replaced by Slater. Mm-hmm. And then this other girl that they had that was hanging around with uh, Lisa Turtle. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, she was she was like another, you know, curly-haired white kid. Uh-huh. And she up and vanished when, you know, Elizabeth Berkeley came in. So you had, you know, you had uh-huh. Jesse that replaced her. So it was kind of like, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, but... They, you know that that one was going through it was okay. They they tried to have their moments, and it was it was that was kind of interesting when they did that because Good Morning Miss Bliss kind of had an attitude or or standpoint coming from Haley Mills' teacher attitude. You know, it was like yeah, she would look over and she would have her moments where she'd say, "Oh, you know, every year has this type of class, and you always have one or two students that stand out." In my class, it's Zach Morris. And, yeah. you know, you'd have this whole thing that was this whole overtone with it. Uh-huh. And then when it kind of went into uh, season, you know, the season two and so forth, once they dropped those characters out, once they dropped Haley Mills out, it was more focused on Zach. And he was breaking the fourth wall, talking to the audience. Yes, he was. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, the whole show basically, it, it touched on a lot of different things like uh, drug use, DUIs, homelessness. Divorce, death, uh, environmental issues. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know, like, diet divorce. Pills. Was, Wasn't oh, there, like, uh, yeah, diet pills? Yeah, they had yeah. that one that was basically Herbalife. Yeah. Uh, they were, you know, they were ripping on to Herbalife and saying, well, it's it's all mm-hmm. natural, you know. Hey, yeah. pay attention. It's still running you out, you know. Uh, it was named, the show was named, and this kind of makes me cringe to think about this. It was named one of the 20 best school shows of all time by AOL really? TV. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of like, oh, God. Oh. But, you know, I, I will give it this. It was popular. Kids did love it. Everybody wanted to be Zach and Jesse and Slater and, you know, er, you yeah. know everybody wanted to be those characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm sorry. I don't think it warranted having two spinoffs. Oh God! I was just going to mention the spinoffs. Oh yeah. God! It wasn't, wasn't there a, like a TV movie too? Oh, Didn't there, well, there were Kelly several TV married? movies. There were several oh, TV God. movies. Now, am I wrong? I, I, it's been twenty years. Did Zach and Kelly get married in one of them? Is yes. that? I yes. thought so. Oh God! Yeah, I so, remember. Uh, but yeah, just kind of go over this here is that they when they did the Saved by the Bell, they had uh, the spinoffs that they had was Saved by the Bell of College Years. Yep. Uh, which was a prime time series that kind of followed them around. Uh, followed. Uh, it had Zach and Slater and Screech and uh, God. Uh, I want to say I think it was uh, Kelly that was running around. Uh-huh. You know, they were they're all together going to school up at you know. It was it, I, I think it was supposed to be USC or Stanford or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. You know, but it was it was goofy. You know, I was like, okay, this is just bad. It, I think it only lasted for a season or two, didn't it? Because it was so bad. Yeah. I, yeah, it didn't last very long. I probably tuned out after the first couple of episodes. Well, what kills I, me? It didn't, it didn't resonate. What kills me is they came back and they did another series. They they did Saved by the Bell, the new class. The new class, yes. I'm like, Here's oh, the God. kicker with that. That ran for seven <laughs> years. That ran longer. That ran longer than the original Saved by the Bell. And I never saw it. How oh, funny. you're lucky. Oh, you're lucky. Really? Is that it, well, bad? Huh? Okay, they had uh, they had Mr. Belding as the principal on it. Yeah. And then they had Screech as the assistant principal. Oh, I did see that. That's yeah. right. It That's was right. awful. I did see a couple episodes of that, and I was like, oh, nope, nope, not wasting my time on this. That's right. I'd forgotten yeah. about that. It didn't work. Yes. It was, yeah. I, it, was just, it was, oh, God, it was so bad. But what happened with, what happened with this? Uh, just to mention kind of, too, the two TV movies that you were wondering about. 
Yeah. Uh, Saved by the Bell Hawaiian style, where the class goes to oh. Hawaii. Uh-huh. You know, and then uh, Saved by the Bell wedding in Las Vegas. And that actually is where they get married. They got married. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think I saw that. Oh, wow. So, <sighs> you know, I mean, it, and, you know, it was just, it was bad. But, you know, it was what it was. So. Uh-huh. So, uh, a couple little bits of history. When I was talking about Good Morning, Miss Bliss, uh, it originally, the show was originally supposed to be run on NBC. They did a pilot for NBC. NBC kind of said, ah, you know what? Um, no, we're not going to go ahead and go with this. So mm-hmm. the Disney Channel saw it. They, you know, they looked at it. They go, oh, well, we'll pick it up for one season. And they did it as Good Morning, Miss Bliss. Yeah. And it was kind of supposed to be, like I said, Miss Bliss being the original, the main character. And then you had, you know, Zach and Screech. Lisa Turtle, Mr. Belding, they all originated on the series. Um, okay, here we go. Remember when I was talking about those people, the the uh, kids that got ruled that got rolled out of here? Uh, yes. We had Nikki Coleman, who was a classmate, Mikey Gonzalez, uh-huh. and uh, the maintenance supervisor, Milo Williams. Oh, uh, wow. Which Milo Williams was played by T.K. Carter, which I swear was a teacher that was on Punky Brewster. Looked very familiar, so. Oh, wow. I love that show. Uh but yeah, they they were they were on there, and then they had a couple of other people. When they did the original pilot episode for NBC, uh, they actually had a couple of characters, a couple of people who were supposed to be on the show, uh-huh. and they got pulled out of there. Uh, some kind of famous names: Jillio White, uh-huh. Ryan Austin Green, and Jonathan Brandis. Yes, yeah. Which you know, Jillio White, for those who don't know, Family Matters, he was uh-huh. Urkel. Yep. Uh, Brian Austin Green went on to do uh, Beverly Hills 90210. And uh, Jonathan Brandis was on Sequest DSV. Uh, I want to say he was on Sequest 2032 as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did uh, – oh, God. What was it? He did a – he did some sort of movie with Chuck Norris that – and I can't for the life of me remember huh. what happened. Uh, uh-huh. Sadly, he ended up killing himself later on because oh. he, he couldn't – well, he felt that that's he wasn't right. getting the fame and all that, and that's he kind of just right. said, you know, "I'm going to off myself," and that's yeah, he's gone. So, a shame. Yeah. Uh, but when the show was dropped by and by Disney after 13 episodes, and and you know the cast members, uh, Nikki Coleman and Mikey Gonzalez, you know that well, those uh, character names were dropped. Uh, mm-hmm. NBC picked it up. The rights were reacquired by NBC, and they kind of redid the whole thing uh, and said, "We're going to call it Saved by the Bell." Yeah, and Peter Peter Engel, who's the executive producer, said, "Well, I really wanted to be called when the bell rings." Oh. And one of the other uh, one of the other people, um, Tartikoff, said, "You know what? Let's go with Saved by the Bell. It sounds a little bit better. We got yeah. some songs we can write for it. It'll it'll work." Mm-hmm. So, you know, at that point, what happened is they kind of shifted the show. Uh, they kind of focused more on the students, uh, the exploits of the students themselves, rather than having. You know, the teachers talking about the kids. Yeah. Uh, and Zach Morris, you know, he kind of becomes the show's lead character. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and basically you only had really three of the teens from that group that still showed up. Yeah. Uh, you had Mark Goslar, uh, you know, Mark Paul Goslar, uh, Dustin Diamond, and, and Lark Voorhees, that they remain on the show playing yeah. the same characters that they had before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and Dennis Haskins, he he came back and was still on the show as Mr. Belding. Mm-hmm. Uh, the setting was changed from being run in Indianapolis uh, on Good Morning Miss Bliss, uh-huh. and it moved to actually uh, the fictional Bayside High School based out of Pasadena area. 
Okay. Uh, in, I'm sorry, Pacific Palisades in LA area. That's right. Okay. Same mm-hmm. difference to me, LA. Yeah, I, I know exactly. I'm probably going to get people screaming at me. LA is different from Pasadena. It's, <laughs> it's the same county. Okay, guys. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Same <laughs> general area. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they dropped two students. Uh, they replaced them with three <laughs> new additions. We had Kelly Kapowski, Jesse Spano, uh, and then AC Slater kind of came in. Uh-huh. Uh, there was also one guy, which I'm going to mention that he kind of, he kind of showed up in season two and he was there, but I don't think he was really that big of a role. Uh, guy by the name of Max, who's played by Ed Alonzo. Uh, uh-huh. Ed was a stage musician and he ran the Max where everybody went to go hang out for, okay. for their after school activities. Okay. I vaguely remember. Yes. No, I mean, he was he was kind of just there in some of the early episodes, and it's funny if you go back and you look at all the shots, like mm-hmm. pictures of stuff, pictures of stuff of Saved by the Bell. He shows up in all the cast shots. And it's like, ah. dude, seriously? Yeah. He has had nothing. You know, we'll, we'll get to that when we get into the cast billing here, but he really wasn't that big a role because he, he, I noticed that too. I'm sorry to interject. There was a I saw like a promotional poster or something on IMDb, and it had one of Zach's girlfriends on there, and she was only in maybe a handful of episodes. So it was a girl who played the girlfriend's name was uh, Tori, I think, and she had long brown curly hair, but she was maybe a guest spot for maybe well, five or six episodes. And I'm like, that, why is she in the promotional poster for this? Yeah, that actually yeah. happened. That She showed up, Tori showed up back towards the end of uh, the, the seasons, the show's final season. Uh-huh. Uh, what happened was that NBC said, well, we want to double the episodes. Uh, and, you know, they were having to try to re-sign the cast to these new episodes here. Uh-huh. Well, what happened was that... Uh, uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen and uh, Elizabeth Berkeley, they said, you know, we don't want to sign a new contract for these new episodes. Mm-hmm. And so they basically had a block of episodes that had to be uh, – they had to find some new characters. They brought in this character, Tori Scott, oh. uh, who was played by Leanna Creel. I was going to ask what her, what her name is, yeah, because I've yeah. seen her like on 90210 and other shows before in that time frame. So Yeah, she kind of had to fill those places there and kind of fill those two cast members being gone. Oh, wow. uh, which is really kind of funny because the the final episode that aired in primetime, uh-huh. uh, it was basically – it featured the cast graduating from high school. Uh-huh. Um, it was filmed before Thiessen and Berkeley pulled out of the show. And oh. there's no mention made of Tori Scott. So it's like, oh. okay, well, what the hell? You get in these episodes. So you can tell that there's not a continuity that ran through yeah. the show. Even though there was kind of supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean it was it was horrible. Oh but, man! Uh, you know that they did that, and as they did the series finale, they kind of came out with the pilot episode for the college years, and kind of set up the next phase. I was just like, whatever, you know. Yeah. You know, it was this was this show. I will say it was kind of a kind of a start for NBC to kind of pick up with their TNBC block that they were that they were coming up with. Yeah. Uh, they had shows like California Dreams, which was another. It was it was basically. They rewrote Saved by the Bell. They took it out of the school and they plopped it into a restaurant and a, and a band. And it was like, yeah, it, it was like Saved by the Bell meets Josie and the Pussycats. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and really, then, really. And then around that time as well, nine hundred two and zero was big, and so there, so there's definitely, yeah, that was definitely kind of the thing to do the teen comedy genre, I suppose. Yeah, they, they were really trying to capture on all that. It was just kind of mm-hmm. like, oh god, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, it is what it is. You know, they did what they did. 
I'm going to just kind of leave that as this. Yeah. Uh, let, let's kind of jump in here. We'll talk a little bit about the characters themselves. Yeah, yes. Um, oh, I've got an earful to tell you about my thoughts on I'll the I'll let characters. you start here with this. Oh, God. The first thing I noticed, I mean, of course, besides the fashion, because as a girl, I noticed the fashion. The god-awful 90s, god-awful fashion. I... And I confess, I dressed like that, and I cringe now. And <laughs> But that was the first thing that was like, I reminisced. I'm like, oh, God, the big curly bangs, the froey perm, the big earrings, you know, the high-waisted pants with the belt. You know, that was my first thing was I'm watching the, you know, all, and all of them had it. Even Slater had the big, weight, you know, high-waisted pants with the belt. And I'm just like cringing. I'm just like, oh. But the first thing right off the bat, you know, not having seen it in 20 some odd years, I, you know, I only recorded, I think, two or three episodes, you know, on MTV2 to prepare for the podcast. But that was enough for yeah. me to kind of get brought back into, OK, what these characters are, you know, the essence of each one of the characters. And I have to say, first off, OK, I, you know, and I mentioned this earlier, Zach was, you know, supposed to be the cool, you know, troublemaker type, you know, big man on campus, whatever. And I I remember having a huge crush on him back when I was 13, 14. And, you know, he was cute and all of that. But I'm sorry, you know, mouthing off to Belding, just uh, that, yeah. as a mom, it just, and, and as a former teacher, it just made me cringe. And I'm just like, no, this, <laughs> that's the one issue with Zach that I did not like. It was okay. Yeah. And he did this a lot. He kind of tried to underhand Mr. Belding. And of course, Mr. Belding, you know, was trying to be the hip buddy principal and all that. And I liked Mr. Belding's character, but now I'm just like, once again, I take issue with like, even on the shows on Disney channel and Nickelodeon today, where the adults are trying too hard to kind of blend in and be part, you know, you know, have the kids like them and be cool well, and all of that. And it's, and it's I, like the whole thing with those shows is that they're <laughs> writing the characters, they're writing the adults to be these idiots that, yes, you know, exactly, I'm kind of thinking, exactly. you know, I, I see this and I think, you know what, if I was the parent, if I if that was me, and yeah. I was taking care of my kids and letting my kids run all over me, guess what? CPS would be over knocking down my door and going, Damn "Hey, you know." Damn straight, and that's something that as a mom, you know, I would, like I was telling you off air, you know, I have to sit down with my daughter when she's watching these shows on Disney and say, okay, did you see how that character rolled her eyes at her mother? Did you see how, you know, this yeah. character like stomped off when the mother told, you know, actually disciplined her and told her to go to her room for doing something bad? Did you, you know, I have to spell it out for her. And, and Christina's just kind of like, I don't get it, mom. I don't, I, you know, she, I, I have to really sit down and say, this is not okay. The way yeah. that these parents are just, are, or a lot of times the parents will be like, oh, it's okay that you, you know, skipped school. Let's go out and go for a pizza. You know, they overrun, you know, and it's just like, <laughs> are you kidding me? You yeah. know, and I, told, I tell her, I go, Christina, this is so not realistic. I am your mother first. I am not your buddy. You know, maybe we'll be buddies when you're 20 something and you have kids of your own and then we can be buddies. But you know what? Right now I am your mother and you need to respect me and you need to respect any adults around you. And, you know, it's not okay to talk to, you know, your principal or your teacher or your parents or any adults the way that these kids talk to these people. And that was something right off the bat when I saw I saw an episode and Zach was kind of underhanding and kind of mouthing off to Belding. And it just it made me cringe. So that is the issue that I take with Zach. His, His whole cocky kind of playful troublemaker nature. That didn't really bother me. 
because his heart was in the right place. I felt like, you know, he's a good character. Yeah. It was was just the the whole thing with building. Um, But Lisa, I took huge issue with Lisa Turtle. She was a freaking bully. I... And even as a kid, I did not like her character. I thought she was a freaking bully. She treated Screech like shit. And it just, it, it made me so mad. Even watching the episodes I did, I'm like, this girl, by today's standards, is a freaking bully and would have been expelled from school from the way she, you know, she treated Screech. Um, it just, yeah, I, I did not. And then, of course, her character, you know, she's fashion obsessed, very shallow, uh, gossipy, um, you know, very stuck on herself. I just did not like her character at all. And yeah. not to mention, I did not like her outfits. Her outfits made me want to just reach to the screen and, you know, <laughs> and strangle her. Um, you know, Kelly, um, I, you know, the whole cheerleader thing, you know, she was pretty, but I kind of looked at it from an adult standpoint. And I'm going, what, other than her looks and the fact she was a cheerleader, she didn't really have that much going on. She had the personality of a vacuum cleaner. I just... <laughs> I, I'm watching this. I'm going, and it was three episodes, and I'm going. This girl has no personality. It's like it's like a tube of toothpaste. She's just kind of sitting there, kind of going with the flow. I'm just like, really. I mean, yeah, she was cheerful. She had a smile on. You know, I could see why teenage boys would fawn over her, and why everybody loved Kelly. You know, why she was Miss Popularity, though. I really don't know. I I'm looking at it, going, oh. Um, no personality whatsoever. Very, very boring in my, in my opinion. You know, uh, you got, you got to understand with 15 year old boys, you know, yes, Hey, that was kind of like swing, you know, she exactly. had that body. She had it going on. I'll give her that. Beautiful. She was beautiful, but I'm just like, as far as the personality and the, and the intelligence, I don't necessarily know. I just saw it as a mom going, Oh my God, she's so dull and boring. I just want to, <laughs> yeah. I just want to focus on, you know, reaching through the screen and strangling Lisa. That's what I don't want to yeah. focus on her. Um, and then Jesse. Okay. Again. Uh, okay. The big curly hair, high waisted pants, the god awful fashion, but also just the goody two shoes, you know, Miss Pris, feminist, you know, Miss Know It All, bug the shit out of me. And I'd have to say that even as a kid, I probably, you know, there was something I disliked about all the characters, as well as something that I liked about all the characters. But yeah, Jesse was the one out of all of them that bugged the absolute shit out of me. It was just yeah. like, get off the fucking screen. You are too fucking self righteous. You know, it just, her personality was pretty bold and pretty strong. And for that, I like her. Yeah. I liked her for it. But it was just the whole, the Miss Pris goody two-shoes thing. I'm, I'm class president. I'm, you know, Miss Self-Righteous. I don't do anything wrong. I'm perfect. You know, blah. I just, the haughtiness. It was just yeah. like, no, no, get, get the fuck away. I'm going to kick your ass. You know? Yeah. So, so that yeah. immediately kind of got, and I, and I loved Screech. You know, I... I love Screech. I, even as an adult watching it, I'm like, Screech was so sweet. He was so oh, cool. Oh, I'm going to have to talk about the stuff that I got <laughs> on Screech. <laughs> I mean, yes, he was a nerd, but I'm just like, he was such a sweetheart. You know, I just, you know, Slater was cool too. I actually, other than the mullet, <laughs> other than the mullet and the high-waisted pants and the fact that he called Zach preppy, which drove me absolutely nuts. I liked yeah. Slater too. You know, <laughs> But yeah, overall, major cheese factor. It just yeah. Well, let me let me run through what I got on my on the characters here because I I have some <laughs> stuff. Uh, I'll start with Zach because what I've okay. got here. Uh, 
you know, he was basically that he was that schmoozer. He was the schemer. Yeah. He was he was the one who kind of had a lot of a lot of get rich quick schemes or you yeah. know, he'd, he'd try and figure out how to do the you know, the least amount of work to get the maximum effort. And, oh, and absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. He was good at what he did for that, you know, and, oh, yeah. you know, he would, he would, he was kind of a Ferris Bueller type character is the best yeah. way to put it. Yeah. Uh, because, agree. you know, and I think that they borrowed a lot of that from that film to kind mm-hmm. of put into Zach Morris because you'd see him and he'd stop and he'd break the fourth wall. Yeah. He would even call timeout, you know, and he'd stop everybody going on all the action. Everybody would freeze. Mm-hmm. He'd stand there and he'd talk to the screen. Yes. And then everybody come right back in and he'd go, okay, time in. And then everybody would kind of continue on with what they were doing. I wonder if that was a ripoff from Ferris because I noticed that too. I was like, you know, this is very, you know, very reflective of Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, he always had some, he always had some ways to get stuff out. You know, there was, yeah. there was one day when there was one time, one episode that I remember that he had, um, he and Screech had created something in the chemistry lab and it blew uh-huh. up in Screech's face. Yes. Uh, and it got on Screech's face and he had a zit and he had like uh-huh. this giant zit on his chin and all of a sudden the zit went away. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, well, hey, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be rich. We're going to sell this to kids. You know, we're going to get this zit cream to go away and everything. <laughs> and it's like, so he goes through and he's like, okay, well, we're going to have to do this. So he makes the stuff. He puts it on Screech's face. It goes away. He goes up and he sees, uh, you know, they find this kid that has really bad acne, the crater face Johnson. Yes. And they cover Crater Face's face with all this acne cream. And then Screech comes in the next day and he goes, Zach, we have a problem. And he goes, what? And he's hiding behind – he's hiding underneath the uh, mascot head for the Bayside Tigers. And he takes it off and his face is red. And Zach uh-huh. goes, what the hell happened? And he's like, it was the it was the stuff. It, it, you know, it gave me an allergic reaction. I have a, I have a burn on my face. Yeah. Well, the, the worst part about this is that they go through all this and he's like – Zach is going, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. What am I going to do? People are going to be pissed off at me for this. They're going to burn me for this. And then yeah. he finds out that he gave Kelly a tube of the stuff. Oh, yeah. Because Kelly had a zit right before she was supposed to go on to be the homecoming queen. I remember this episode. Oh, my God. Yes. So she goes through and she she puts it all over her face. She smears it all over her face. And, and he says, oh. well, did you just apply it to one spot? Because maybe, you know, he's thinking maybe we can cover it with makeup. And she goes, no, I rubbed it all over my face. And he's like, oh, shit. Well, the oh. very end of the episode, you see what Zach has come up with is that he, he sells it on her having the most school spirit because she painted her face red or she's got red all over her face, which happens yeah. to be the Bayside School color. Oh, look at you know, that. Yeah. One of the colors. So I was kind of like, okay, uh-huh. you sold on that. Yeah. I get that. But I mean, you know, it was it was kind of like he had stuff that backfired on him. He did seem to kind of win in a lot of ways, just like he Ferris did. Bueller did. So Yes. No matter what was thrown at him, he managed to make it work. He managed to manipulate the situation however he could to get it to work out in his favor in the end. And that was something that I, I loved about his character, actually, was that he yeah. was that, you know, his ingenuity. I mean, it's just like... Wow, and his creativity and the you know his balls, you know, <laughs> to be able yeah. to pull some stuff off, and that's you know that takes talent. It really does. Yeah. Now, just for those who don't know, I'm going to kind of give a little bit of background on on Zach yeah. here. Uh, he was he's played by a guy named Mark Paul Mark Paul Goslar, which uh, you know everybody who's seen him, he remembers they remember him as Zach Morris carrying around the giant brick phone. Oh um, yes, a shoebox. I call it the shoebox. Yes. yes, they were so big. Oh, oh god! Yeah. But I mean, he's he he does have uh, he has had some other roles. Uh, he was Detective John Clark Jr. on NYPD Blue. Uh-huh. 
Uh, he was Jake Ferris on the HBO drama John from Cincinnati, which was really kind of weird seeing him with dark hair rather than blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was Jerry Kellerman on TNT's Raising the Bar. And then most notably, uh, most recently, he's been Peter Bash on TNT series Franklin and Bash. Oh. Uh, so he, he's kind of playing he, – he's gone from being, you know, the – you know, kind of the—I I want to say kind of the bad boy, although he's not really a bad boy in a sense. From mm-hmm. Saved by the Bell, uh, to being a cop, to being a—you know—to being a surfer type, going back to the bad boy type, and then coming back to being—you know—instead of being you know on the good side of the law, he's now a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So take your re- take your pick of that on how you want to read that for either side yeah. for Franklin Bash and raising the bar. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh. <clears throat> You know, I just, I, I don't know. I didn't really care for him. I still, you know, he, he just always strikes me as a smarmy type person, even now I with agree. a lot of the roles I, that he's done. Yes, I agree. If you love him, great. He's not my cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I totally agree with you. And I actually saw it just right, right when you were saying that there was a TV movie that came out. I want to say after Saved by the Bell was done, it was maybe mid to late 90s. And I forgot what it was called, but I believe it had him and Hillary Swank in it. And he raped her in the movie. And he played a, a real asshole rapist in this movie. It, was, it took place at a college. And it was like, wow. And I know he probably took it because he wanted to get away from the, you know, happy-go-lucky, you know, saved by the bell stereotype or whatever. Um, but it was bad and it was, and he played it so well that it was like, wow, it's really easy to dislike him now because he played this evil rapist and it was just, yeah. oh, and it, it might've been too soon after Saved by the Bell. Um, but yeah, it just, it was like, oh, wow. Yeah. There, I agree yeah. with you. There is something kind of smarmy about him. I well, agree. moving on to somebody else who's kind of played a smarmy role. Uh, <laughs> I know you're probably going to get me for this, but oh. Kelly Kapowski. Oh, totally, uh, well, totally. Tiffany, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, playing uh-huh. as Kelly Kapowski. Yep. Uh, she's actually had quite a few roles since Saved by the Bell as well. Uh, probably the best one that she's done since is Valerie Malone on Beverly oh, Hills 90210. That's right. Uh, she also played as Marty on Two Guys, a Girl, in a Pizza Place. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was Billy Chambers on Fast Lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Natasha Drew on What About Brian? And... Uh, she was most recently been Elizabeth Burke on the USA TV series White Collar. Oh, uh-huh. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like, eh, you know, she's hot. She, you know, she definitely has, she still has her looks going on for her. Oh, she's, she's still beautiful. hot. You know, she's aged very, very well. Beautiful yes. woman. Yes. You know, but I, I don't know. I just, I see her and I think, you know, I, I, I get the feeling like she knows she's hot. <laughs> and she's kind of that hot bitch type attitude. Quite possibly, yeah. You know, because I mean, possibly. she she did play that on Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero when they did the yes. the new version of it. And but, actually, oh, I'm sorry, not to interrupt, but yes, that was something that I remember reading about was that she deliberately took that because of who she'd be playing and the fact that you know she's playing big shit and you know she also wanted to kind of get away from the whole Saved by the Bell you know goody two shoes stereotype or whatever and that's why she took the 90210 role um she wanted to play the vixen in other words she wanted to be you know she didn't want to be she wanted to be hot and not be hot and innocent she wanted to be hot and get down and dirty 
So it's yeah. like, hmm, yeah. Well, especially since the role that she played on Saved by the Bell, she was – you know, she was the cheerleader. She was the yeah. Um, the the create the show's creators build her as the quintessential all American girl. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She was the love interest for both Zach and Slater. She was kind of the whole point of that love triangle. Um, she kind of just you know it was like okay, uh, just kind of there. It just very squeaky clean, very perfect, yeah. very kind, and oh, you know everything's so perfect. I'm sorry. I, she struck me as a freaking airhead. Yes. Know? Yeah. Airhead with no personality. <laughs> yes. You know. Totally. Uh, uh, no. And again, like we mentioned, she wasn't part of the original show's click that, that when it started out there, mm-hmm. uh, she and Jesse really have their, their differences. They keep arguing back and forth. You know, Jesse says that cheerleading is demeaning to women. Although uh-huh. Jesse, for some reason, shows up as a cheerleader in a couple of episodes. So go figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kelly was all Kelly was always the one that was the you know she was the head of the swim team she was the head of the you know the volleyball team yeah which I thought was kind of funny because she was a short little shit <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, you know and Zach of course he's you know he's obsessed with her he loves her yes. you know he wants to be you know he wants he wants her to be his ideal you know yeah. Now, was that the dynamic thrust even at the beginning of the show? Did he have a thing for her at the beginning of the show? Because the episodes I caught were from the later, like 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 their senior year, 92, 93. Um, was that, and I can't remember. Did he have a thing for her throughout the entire series? Oh, yeah. Well, it, it's kind I of funny because the, the very first episode of season two, um, it actually takes place. And all of a sudden you just see that Slater and, you know, Slater and, and Kelly are thrown right in there. They have, you know, they're supposed to have like a dance contest at the max. Mm-hmm. There's no explanation where Slater came from in the first episode as they filmed it. There's uh-huh. no explanation for where uh, Kelly came from. All of a sudden, they're just there. Oh, how weird. It's the it's the weirdest, <laughs> stupidest thing. But, you know, yeah. it's the way that it came out. So, you know, I just kind of go, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a little weird. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, she does end up, you know, for those who haven't seen the episodes, I'm going to spoil it and tell you. You're not mm-hmm. missing much. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, when they do go through college, she and Zach are like falling in love with each other. Slater kind of steps back and says, "Okay, you know that's fine," and they do get married in Las Vegas. That's their whole, um, that's their whole e- end episode. Which, mm-hmm. trust me, you're not missing much, guys. It was, <laughs> you know, yeah, I think it, I saw it, that bad. one. I didn't see the Hawaiian Adventure one, but I did see the the wedding one. I have to admit. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's just bad. God. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next one I do want to talk about here was she, you know, again, you mentioned her, uh, Lisa Turtle, who was played by Lark Voorhees. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go out and say this. This was probably her biggest role. It was. Yeah. Uh, you know, she had a short run on Bold and the Beautiful as Jasmine Malone. Mm-hmm. Uh, she played Mercedes Langford in, in the house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this should pretty much kind of say where, where sh- her standing is gone. She was Lauren in the Method Man drug movie, How High. Uh-huh. I think she also played for a short time on, day, on Days of Our Lives as well. I think so. I mean, she's done a couple yeah. of soaps. I know that. Yeah, uh, not for very long stints, maybe a no. season. Yeah, kind of makes not... me wonder, you know, really if she has problems now that people are she just does. like. She She actually, you know, I was going to mention that in the trivia. She's fallen on some hard times, yes. <sighs> Too bad. Well, <laughs> Uh, I will say that Lisa's character was supposed to be actually multi-ethnic, being white and Jewish, of white and Jewish yeah. descent. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. Uh, however, you know, Lark Wuhish came in. She aced the audition. Engel uh, said, you know what? We're going to give her the role. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she, you know, Lisa always had, character Lisa always had the access to the latest fashion because of her upbringing, which, ah, come on, God. The, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to go so into bad. this. I'm going to go on a rant here. The fashion. I'm just uh, going to start with this beer because she was the fashion, she was the fashion guru. Yes. Okay. Jeans jackets with fringe on them. Uh-huh. was never popular. I don't care no. if you were in the 80s. It was never good looking. No. It was horrible. It, it was horrible. You know, I and get, I see I totally... her standing there with this. It's like, oh my God. Or the women's like sport coats with like the big earrings. I'm going, who the hell in high school, again, like we talked about with the other movies, who the hell wore, sport, you know, sport coats and like, yeah, like you said, the fringe and like leather and just all this. I'm going, oh, God, it's just like, you know, like suit yeah. stuff. It's just like, oh my God. Yeah, she, there's a couple of episodes I saw. She had like these like, like, like work attire, like career woman attire. And I'm going, yeah. whoa, no, 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 no. Who the hell would wear that to school? Well, I mean, <laughs> and, and here's the thing is that every time I see her wearing shit, it's like, this is a, you know, this for that time, it was like a $400 suit. Oh, fuck. And, and it's not just one suit. No, it's, it, it's all not like one outfit. thing. Yes, they're all like four or five hundred dollars, four or five hundred dollar outfits. It's like, mm. what the hell? How you know? I'm sorry, you know, if that's the case, your parents have to be very fucking rich in order to Absolutely. be able to afford for you to have, you yeah. know, a different suit or a different outfit every single fucking show. I agree, and it was like, yeah, and then she'd stand next to the other characters, you know, and Jesse would have her Chuck Taylors and her high waisted jeans and the sweatshirt. You know, and I'm like, okay, I mean, it was definitely, I thought it was overdone. It was just, yeah. you know, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, you're trying to portray this, you know, fashion guru, whatever. And you, you definitely pulled it off, but it's like, it was almost too unrealistic for a high schooler's budget. And, yeah. you know, it's just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, it, what's funny is that she graduates, she goes to leave the show. She has a successful fashion show. Yeah. And then goes on to work, to go to school at the Fashion Institute of Technology. Uh-huh. Okay, just say that she went to go on to school at the Fashion Institute. Yeah. Don't say Fashion Institute Technology because now it sounds like now it sounds like you're trying to make something that's like Google Glass or some bullshit. Oh, totally, totally. A wearable yeah. computer? No, fuck that. Exactly. Yeah, it makes it sound more fascinating and and high tech and you know important than it really is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Uh, moving on from her, we're, I'm going to delve into. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is, this is another disaster that's happened. Mario um, Lopez? Or no, no Dustin Diamond. Dustin, Dustin Diamond. Diamond. Yep. Uh, Dustin Diamond played Samuel Screech Powers. So, I mean, everybody <laughs> knows who he is. He was that curly haired dweeb. Uh, he's been <laughs> through a lot. Uh, he really has. I feel sorry. He claims that his parents stole his money. Uh-huh. Uh, he was, he was, a, he tried to be a stand-up comic who kind of failed and that he supposedly was going to lose his house that he had out in... Mm. Wisconsin or something. I remember. Yeah. Uh, he had a supposed sex tape that supposedly was stolen and put out there. Oh yeah. Turns out they, the sex tape was put out by him. Don't yeah. they all have them stolen? I love that. Yeah. You know, it, it's some, <laughs> he actually put it out and he was producing it with somebody else uh, called, and, and the tape ended up going on to be called screeched. I know. And, oh God. Because of that, he claimed that he had this giant wang. You know, he goes, oh, I've got a, you know, 10-inch penis. 
god. You have a ten inch pianist. You know, a little <laughs> short guy that plays the piano for you, maybe. Oh god. You don't have you know, you're not long duck dong. Sorry, dude. <laughs> long duck dong. Did you see it? No, I I, okay. I couldn't bring myself to do it. I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. Oh, Howard Stern. Morbid curiosity. Well, Howard Stern was had him on the show, and he kind of went on, and he's talking about how he's got this ten inch dong, and it's like, oh my. God. And then Howard Stern goes back later on, and he watches it, and he goes, "No, he doesn't." <laughs> he came out on his show and said, "No, he doesn't." <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, but you know, he he's done a few things since Saved by the Bell. Um, he had a bit part in Dickie Roberts, former child star. Uh-huh. Um, he was also in Polly Shore is Dead, a documentary about ce- celebrity death rumors because he and Polly Shore had um, had death rumors supposedly that they had died in car accidents, and whatnot. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Um, you know, really, this was kind of his biggest thing was doing was doing uh, Saved by the Bell. Uh huh. Um, really, the stand up comic bit. You failed at it, dude. Yeah. You're not that funny, okay? Oh. Uh, he's kind of got... on the whole screech thing, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. It's just... And basically, he stands around and he just kind of insults everybody. You know what? <sighs> it worked for Don oh. Rickles. It does not work for you. Yeah, don't. Yeah, no. Um, screech, to kind of get to the character of Screech itself, Screech was kind of the nerd of the group. Uh-huh. Uh, he always tagged along with Zach, which I always kind of thought was kind of funny because I thought, you not know really. what? <laughs> well, I get that you might have a friend that, you know, maybe you're going to stick through, stick next to him through thick and thin because Screech and Zach knew each other all the way from like grade school. Oh. Okay. They were, they were friends from grade school, which, okay, I'll give you that, but yes. you know, there's a limit. Yeah. Uh, you know, Screech always got protection from school bullies because of Zach. He got a general uh-huh. boost in his confidence. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's. You know, Zach kind of just he, he kind of still kept Screech around, even though he thought that Screech was weird. Yeah, because yeah. There, there was an episode that they did that was part of the part of season one, uh-huh. where Screech is basically being bullied by a kid who comes in, uh, and and turns out that the kid can't read. Oh, I and remember so he's that. Getting, he's getting yeah. Zach, or he's getting Screech to do all his homework, and Zach starts standing up for him and saying, you know, hey, yes. Screech is this he's this macho guy, and he's beat up all these guys and all this, and you know. Screech is like, no, look, I've got to go deal with this. I've got to let him beat me up and all that. Yeah. You know, and, and I get that, but it's kind of like, really? You, yeah. you guys are all going to stand up for Screech this much? And it was just, yeah. it's kind of one of these things that it's like, you always see stuff scripted this way, and you always think that this is how it's going to end up, that people are going to stand up again, you know, people are going to stand up against bullies for you. Uh-huh. Let me be honest. I was bullied in high school. I was bullied in, in junior high in, in mm-hmm. school. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. No, it doesn't you're right. happen. You're fighting yeah. your own fight. People are going to stand around and watch you get your ass kicked. Yes. Okay. That's the truth. That's <laughs> the sad reality. This is why bullying is such a problem because everybody yeah. kind of just stands around and watches the shit go down. I will say this. I will interject because I, you know, I was a pretty strong, I am a pretty strong personality and I tell it like it is. And if I witnessed it, I usually didn't have a problem with saying, hey, you know what, knock this shit off. There were, you know, incidences growing up with people that I was friends with that weren't, you know, I was friends with people that weren't considered quote unquote popular or cool. And I was friends with them anyway. I didn't give two shits. They were, you know, nice, kind people, whatever. And if I saw that there was some sort of bullying going on, I would say, hey, knock this shit off. 
Um, but it, it is very, very rare, unfortunately, for that to happen. And that's, you know, I, I risked my ass. I, thankfully, nothing ever happened to me, but I had no problem or even just taking them aside privately and saying, you know, this person is really cool. You need to knock this off. Or yeah. I would even go to the principal or to the, you know, I'd get to school, I'd witness something and I'd go to the school and say, okay, so-and-so was, you know, bullying so-and-so, you know, just to let you be aware of it because the student that's bullied isn't going to say anything. You right. know, so there were, time, there, there were times where I would go and I would say, can you please keep an eye on such and such and such and such, because this is what's going on. Um, so it, you know, even back 20 years ago, I, you know, I spotted it and it was horrible. Um, I got bullied a little bit myself too. Um, and nobody really stuck up for me, but, but I felt like, okay, you know what, if I witnessed it, I, I did try my best to intervene any, any way that I felt that I could. Um, and I'm really glad now that it's become such, it's sad that it's such an issue, but I'm glad that schools are really stepping up to prevent this from happening because it is such a problem, unfortunately. Yeah. It, it really uh, is, and I hate saying that, but you I know. do too. And I—that's one of the reasons, that, looking back at this show, that I actually did like it. As unrealistic as it is, it was great that they actually, as much as they thought Screech was weird and annoying, they still did really care about him, and he was, and they really were his friends. Yeah. So that part of it was endearing to me. You know, it's—I don't know. It's—I—I I, I kept looking at Screech, and for some reason. You know, Peter Engel must have really had a hard on for Screech because he kept yeah. him around for so many years. Yeah. And he kept the character around. I yeah. kind of wonder if it was just Dustin Diamond going to him and saying, look, please, I need money. I'm desperate. I need you know, I need work. Yeah. You got to help me. And you're a good friend of mine and whatnot. It's very possible. It's very possible you know. that. And maybe his character was endearing to so many people. Maybe his character was one of the top favorites, you know, for fans. And maybe that was another thing too, that maybe he was a very, um, because of his popularity that they felt like, okay, he's worth sticking. He's worth keeping around because he, you know, people identify with him. Yeah. It's, you know, very possible. I will say this as well about, about uh, screech is that he, you know, his, his attitude with women, it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, he had, he had that thing for, for Lisa Turtle, yes. which, oh. okay, you know, if that's what Why? you want, yeah, yeah. You know, she was personally. such a fucking bitch to him, I don't, oh yeah, that, I, 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 it made me so mad just watching the interaction, she was such a bully to him, wasn't she, I just, I, I could not believe how mean she was to him. And it just, you know, and he was so sweet and good natured that it just kind of rolled off his back, you know. And I'm just you like, know, oh. I, I will give him this. I will give him points for being persistent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, you know. I'm like, why her? You know, I, I didn't understand that. Why her? I, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, what gets me is that he had this thing for her, and then somehow he ended up with. Uh, <laughs> we're going to mention it. I'm going to bring it up now. Is he ended up with Tori Spelling? Yes, I was going to say it's the truth. Yes, Violet Bickerstaff, and I love Tori Spelling. I love Tori Spelling now. I'm biased. I love her. Um, and yeah, I remember watching. You know, I didn't watch any, any episodes last night with her in it, but I, that was something that's always stuck with me about Tori. Is she played Violet beautifully? I love the nerd girlfriend for Screech, and I'm she, I don't know when. It, and I'm sorry, but Tori Spelling. I'm going to say this. She has these 
she's fucking ugly. She's got a horse face. Yes, yeah, she Oh, does. my God. Well, like, no, she looks like a giant goldfish. Those eyes are just, like, bulging out of her head. You know, hey, oh. I know I got a face for radio, but at least I know it, and I'll admit it. Oh, that's hilarious. No, she, everyone compares her to horse face, just like Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, goldfish, now that you mention it, maybe. But she knows that, and I, and she's very real about it. She's like, I know that I'm not a drop-dead gorgeous model, you know. But she she does, she does plays up her features. <laughs> the good okay. features about her, she plays them up very, very well. Um, and because I'm sorry, I love if, her. i, I got to bring this up. If you're not a drop-dead gorgeous model, why the <laughs> fuck do you keep playing roles that involve drop-dead gorgeous models? I know, I know. I don't know. But she, you know, she's such a sweetheart and so down-to-earth and so... So I've seen her reality shows and um, I've read her books and she's so for, especially for growing up, Aaron Spelling's daughter, you know, she is so down to earth and so, you know, talks to everybody, friendly to everybody, friendly to the photographers and paparazzi and, you know, to a limit, you know, if they, she's got four children. um, She's very protective of them, but she's so much fun. She's the kind of girl that like, you know, Hollywood or not, you know, I could hang out with and shoot the shit about marriage and sex and kids. And she seems so much fun. And it's like, she smiles all the time. And, and I remember even as a kid, because I had, you know, insecurities about my looks and whatever. And my grandmother, wise as she was, you know, would always tell me, you know what, play up your best assets. You've got beautiful eyes. You've got a beautiful smile, smile all the time. If you're, you know, not a classic beauty, play up what you've got. Because everybody has something about them that's beautiful. Play it up. And so that's what I would do. You know, I walk into a room and I would smile. And to this day, I still get told, you've got a beautiful smile. And it's like, well, thank you. You know, but it's something that I learned very early on is, okay, you know, and everyone, everyone's definition of beauty is different. Um, but I've been told I'm beautiful. And I, I don't really believe that. I, you know, I could say I'm attractive, whatever, but I don't think I'm beautiful. But I know my assets and what I like about myself and I play them up. And Tori is like excellent at doing that. And, uh, you know, playing next to the, you know, Kelly, um, or not Kelly, uh, Jenny Garth and, you know, Tiffany yeah. Sykes and, and, and 90210. She even said, yes, of course I had insecurities playing next to these gorgeous women, you know, but she's like, I, I just tried to, do, I just tried to be me. I tried to be real. I tried to play up my best. You know, and just personality wise, it makes her it makes her cute and, and beautiful, just her personality. And yeah. my in my opinion, I'm biased because I love her. Um, but I remember, even though I haven't seen these episodes in a long time, I remember how well she played Violet and she wasn't afraid to play that nerd. And I, I give her that she was not a- afraid to, you know, be the nerdy. Didn't she have like pigtail braids and glasses and yep. no makeup and the nerdy outfits? And she she did it beautifully and she had a blast. And it was like, you know what? Good for you. You know, she's done so much work and played so many different characters. And I think she plays them very well. So, well, I'm going to mention somebody now that actually he actually basically kind of fits that for me. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, AC Slater. Yes. Who's played by Mario Lopez. Uh-huh. Uh, Mario, I actually did get a chance to meet him many years back. And this was. You did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Funny story. Uh, my family and I, we were at, we were at University Town Center in La Jolla. Uh-huh. Uh, we were walking through, we went to go sit down at Taco Bell, mm-hmm. which, okay, really, I'm thinking to myself, Taco Bell. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're sitting there and I look over and I see this guy and I'm like, oh my God, that's Mario Lopez. No way. And yeah, I was like, 
And my mom and I are looking at her and we're like, I go, mom, that's Mario Lopez. And she goes, no, that's not. And she looks, she goes, oh my God, it is. Okay. Now my sister was with us. My sister goes, that's not Mario Lopez. That's not Mario Lopez. I know who it is. My sister had like this huge crush on him. Yeah. Okay. My mother finally gets up, walks over and says, I'm sorry. I have to ask, are you Mario Lopez? And he goes, yeah, I am. And my sister is like, we, we finally, we said, would you please come over and talk to my sister? And he's like, He's like, yeah, sure. He came over and he talked to my sister. And my sister's like, my sister, even after he left, she's like, that's not Mario Lopez. <laughs> she said it was. It oh is him. Okay. Oh, turns out that turns out that he was actually in San Diego that day. Uh, he had gone, he'd had to go over to UCSD uh, uh-huh. to talk about um, like date rape and stuff. Because oh, apparently, really? I guess he had had an issue with uh, supposedly he, he was put into the situation and, and you know, they kind of closed it off by saying, you know, hey, we're not going to really discuss this too much. Oh, he, he supposedly really? had an issue with with um, attempted rape or something like that of Hopefully. a girl. Uh, oh. So he was over there talking about, you know, statutory rape and date rape and all that to uh-huh. the college kids, which, yeah. you know, okay, that was a good thing. I'll give him props for that. He, he yeah, was willing please. to stand up for that. He owned you know? up. Yeah, he owned up for it. You know, yeah. he did. Yeah. He did. Uh, he, you know, he really was just a nice guy. You know, it was, it was really kind of surprising. You know, he didn't stay and talk to us for very long. It was probably about maybe five, 10 minutes at that, but you know, yeah, he gave you his time, a yeah, lot of which was be left alone. So that yeah. you, you got a good impression from him. You thought he was yeah. a nice, yeah, he seems very down to earth. Like, like Tori Spelling, he seems very approachable, very down to earth and he's very successful now. I mean, out of oh, all yeah. of them, you know, him, him and Tiffany Thyssen, I think are probably the most successful out of all of them. Yeah. Um, well, he's everywhere and he's got yeah. a very, he's very personable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he's done, um, he, he's played as uh, Greg Luganis in uh, yes. Breaking the Service, the Greg Luganis story. Yes. I love uh, it. He was Officer Bobby Cruz in Pacific Blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was Christian Ramirez on a short run on The Bold and the Beautiful, kind of uh-huh. kind of about the same time that Lark Voorhees was on there. Uh-huh. Uh, he played Dr. Mike Hamui on Nip Tuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's also been Social Smurf in the movie The Smurfs 2. Oh, I did not know that. Very yeah. cool. <laughs> uh, Very and, then of course, and then, of course, you know, his current run right now is that he's running as uh, one of the hosts of the, uh, the news entertainment show Extra. Uh-huh. So, you know, people looking for him there. Um, he also was on an ep- on a season of Dancing with the Stars, and I forget which yep. ep- uh, which season it was. Yep. Guy's got moves. I'll give him that. You know, yes. He can move. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does. And he has not aged a freaking bit. Have you noticed? You I know, was looking he back still at looks the pretty damn good. Yeah, I'm like, oh, my God. You know, watching the episodes last night, I'm going, holy fucking shit. This is like, what, 1989 this came out? Yeah. He looks exactly the same. I'm going, this man is in his mid-40s now. He don't look it. Yeah. Oh, good genes right there. Yes. Him and and Tiffany Thyssen. I'm like, damn. Yes. They have aged extremely well. And even Mark Paul, even Mark Paul, I don't, you know, he's, he's a good looking man. He's uh, still, I mean, you can see he's filled out. He's gotten bigger. Yeah. I'm not like fat, just bigger and broader. If I agree. Makes, you know. I agree. But it's not, it's not unflattering, but yeah, out of the, out of all the cast, oh my God, Mario Lopez is like, he looks, he doesn't look, he looks 10, maybe 10 years, not even 10 years older than he <laughs> did back then. I'm going, how yeah. the hell? <laughs> Very you know. good scene. Uh, but yeah, you know his now his character AC Slater uh, was he was the jock of the group for the show. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. He was an army brat. He was kind of moved around a bunch. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he was kind of the outsider, having been transferred to Bayside. Um, supposedly, he was transferred in, in the first episode, uh, uh-huh. which basically aired later on in the series as a flashback episode. Yeah. Uh, he mentions that he's been to Bolivia, Italy, Iceland, Berlin, all these different places here because of the army traveling. Uh-huh. Uh, he was the school's star athlete. And I remember that he was a wrestler, and that was the big yes. thing. Yes. Oh, God. I remember in the opening credits, kind of cringing a little bit, because you know how they have, like, the characters and, like, the little snippets of the characters in the beginning and the, during the theme song? And right. they show him, you know, kneeling and lifting weights, and he's huge-ass muscles. And I'm like, this is so not a high schooler. Oh, I don't yeah. know how old. He was in his 20s, I'm sure, at the filming of this, but because he looked older than the rest of the cast. But these yeah. bulging ass muscles with him flexing, and I'm just like, oh god, ultimate cheese. I mean, yeah. Hot, you know. I, of course, I was kind of, you know, oogling him a little bit because you know he's a good looking man. And I was like, damn. But well, <laughs> yeah. I, I love the fact that that you know he was kind of the he was kind of one of the sides of the love triangle between you know Zach and Kelly at first. Yes, yes, uh, I remember that. But for yeah. some reason, he kept getting paired off with Jesse. Yeah, which was weird. I, uh, you know, yeah. and, and like he he developed an attraction for Jesse. You know, it's like uh, okay, um, uh, sure. Yeah. I don't you get know. it. You know, they were constantly bickering. There was you oh, know was Jesse. Awful. Jesse had all those. You know, you're a chauvinistic pig type thing. You know. Yes, and she was so freaking self righteous. Oh just, god, uh, we'll, we'll get god. to that in a minute, but yeah. um, you know, Slater always did refer to Zach as preppy, which was I hated that. I get why he did it because Zach did, you know, let's face it. Zach was something of a preppy kid. You know, he, uh, he really was the kind of thing where to some extent I always expected him to dress up in the white polo shirt with the sweater tied around his neck and ah, ha 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 I'm going yes. off to tennis practice. Yes. You yes. know, there were some episodes he wore a sweater. I, I do remember yeah. seeing him wearing a sweater and khakis. So he was preppy, but it you was know. just like, oh, really? You're not going to see nowadays a boy calling another boy preppy. It just. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> just. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, it, it supposedly he was, you know, he was a drummer. Uh, he was a dancer, which I thought was just bad because there's oh. there's a bit where he starts busting out and they're they're having a whole dance off at the max. Yeah. With uh, Casey Kasem that's supposed to be showing up there. Uh, for this thing, and they're gonna, they're, he's gonna record an episode of his of his radio show there, and uh, oh God, he, you know, it was oh. like, I, I, you know, it's kind of, I watched it, and I'm kind of like, who the hell had this coordinated for you? Who, who did oh. the choreography for you? Bad. Oh, it, it's bad. It's like it, you see him, and he starts doing like pirouettes, and I'm like, oh, really, no. really? Oh, oh no. Uh, uh, yeah, I just it, it's he's hot, but that don't yeah pirouettes and hotness just don't go. <laughs> yeah, now I did find out uh, he did have in one of his one of his episodes uh, he had an ex girlfriend who showed up in the show, mm-hmm. and uh, his ex girlfriend from Berlin, Jennifer, and she shows up and she calls him by his real name and it kind of comes out, and I Albert, remember Zach. Right? Albert Clifford Slater. Yes, I remember it was Albert. Yes. And they were making fun of him. I remember Zach making fun of him for it. And he's like, hey, I'm going to pound you, Preppy. <laughs> <laughs> Albert Clifford. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how so, funny. You know, it, it was just, it was one of those things I'm like, okay, God, this is just awful. But oh, man. Um, moving on, I'm going to move into the next kind of disaster. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jesse Spano, a.k.a., okay. you know, played by Elizabeth Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Elizabeth Berkeley, she has not really gone on to bigger and better things since Saved no. by the Bell. 
No. Uh, she's had several roles since Saved by the Bell, though. She did make a short appearance on NYPD Blue opposite mm-hmm. Mark Paul Goslar. Oh, really? Uh, she played as Nicole Graff. Uh, she was in Any Given Sunday as Mandy Murphy, which mm-hmm. it was an okay film. It was it was more Cameron Diaz and um, Jamie Foxx and, and yes. um, Al, Al Pacino. You know, that, yeah, was it like football agents or something like yeah. that? I, yeah, I think I saw that one. It was wow. okay, but it wasn't great. You yeah, know, it was great. Yeah, it was one of those things that ended up being in the bargain bins at the Walmart all the time. Exactly. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, she. Jeez, uh, I'm going to bring this up here because it's Show it's girl. the big role. Yep. Yep. Show Real girl. problem with clothes with that film. Uh huh. Um. You know, I'm sorry. Awful. Yeah, she was. She had long legs. Uh huh. She had no tits, no ass, as far as I'm concerned. It was not, um, it was not a good, and it was not a good role. It was not a good movie. It was not a good no. role. She had an, you know, she had a pretty good body, but her face, and I hate to say butter face, but yeah, uh, <laughs> it just did not work. Not, well, not, not. And, and again, I think, that, I think it was her trying to break away from the goody two shoes saved by the bell role, just like Tiffany Thyssen, and it just didn't work. Well, I will say this is that she probably went off on that role because she actually did when she was a kid before she actually started doing acting and such. Uh, mm-hmm. She really was a dancer, and that was one of her passions. So, oh, okay, uh-huh. good for you. You got yeah. that passion, but do you need to show all your skin and you know show your hoo ha yeah. to the world? I don't yeah, need to see that. It, it was just an awful movie, and I think she was yeah she tried really hard, and it was almost like she tried too hard, and it just didn't. Yeah. It was a thing. it was a big stinker, and I think she had really high hopes for it that it was going to really you know make her well, really take off, and it just I feel sorry for her in that regard. It was like it was like one of the big movies that everybody was was touting Talking because about. of the director and because it was NC seventeen, and that was another thing with it. And it was like, yeah. oh, you know, hey, Saved by the Bell, it's got Elizabeth Berkeley, it's got that, it's got that girl from Saved by the Bell, and then you see this, and it's like, oh, it was shit. trash. It was trash. Yeah. You it know. Just, yeah, everyone hyped it up, and then it, and that's part of it is it was so hyped up, and it yeah. was just hyped up garbage, you know. It was it was <laughs> you know it was a seven seven forty seven crashing into a train wreck with an oh, automobile totally. accident around it. Oh, totally. And I'm glad she's had roles since then. I'm glad that her career totally didn't do a nosedive, you know. But yeah. obviously, she didn't achieve the fame I'm sure she wanted, and that's a, no. you know that's a shame, you know. Because no. that's you know pretty risky, you know, taking on that kind of a role and. So in that sense, I feel bad for her. She's not an ugly girl. I just, eh. yeah. <laughs> they should have had Tiffany Thyssen or, <laughs> yeah. I think but, all of us guys would have been like, oh, shit, we're seeing that if Tiffany Amber Thyssen's naked. Damn right. Damn right. So, I uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, I think part of the reason, I just never liked her character. You know, she no. was she was always this obnoxious bitch. I'm going to totally. say it. You know, oh. she was uh, she was the gang's resident know-it-all crusader. Yes. Uh, she always was going off on her causes, you know, such as environmentalism. Environmentalism. Oh. Uh, you know, she was the position. She had the position of class president. Yeah, and she had to, in every episode. Did you notice that? It was like almost every episode. I'm class president. You know, it just it bugged well, me. As class president, yes, I, yeah. I think we should do this. As class president, I think we should do that fucking get off your high horse oh totally and i just it pissed me off even the episodes i watched last night and she said it every episode i'm going 
this girl is so freaking stuck on herself. Just get over oh. yourself. And, and you got to remember too, she was one of the smartest students in school. Mm-hmm. You know, she was a smart, you're supposed to be the smartest student in her class, which actually kind of came back. Thank you, Tinkerbell, for bringing your dog tags. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, but yeah, she came back as she came back and and did the whole uh, thing. She was supposed to be the valedictorian. She really wanted to be the valedictorian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Screech ended up being the valedictorian, and he kind of said, "You know what? It was, it was like matters of like half a point or something like that." And he stepped yeah. back and said, "You know what, Jesse? You go ahead and be valedictorian." I remember that. Yes. You know, it was kind of like wow. You know, the fact that she stood back like that, she stepped back for that. It was kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she and Zach, I know she and Zach lived next to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she was supposed to be Zach's childhood friend, although we never saw her in the first season, which I thought was, was kind of a, odd. Was she not in the first season? No, she was not. She came in when they brought in season two, when they brought in That's, Slater and Kelly. That's right. That's right. Gosh. So Yeah, you know, I'd have to see because the episodes I saw were they like 92, 93 time frame. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Yep. Very interesting how they, you know, going back, it'd be interesting to see all the shows from start to finish and how the, all the weird inconsistencies and how they played out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, uh, and I remember that they had that her parents were divorced and they had some real issues. And in fact, they had an issue where she was supposed to be getting her dad was supposed to be getting married. And she was pitching a fit over her dad remarrying because she mm-hmm. didn't like – she said she didn't like the woman. And, you know, why can't you marry mom again? And, you know. Yeah. This was that whole divorce issue. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. shut up. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I just did not like her character. I didn't like her or Lisa. I, I didn't really like all of them. But I'd have to say out of the three – Kelly was the one that was most tolerable to me because she was sweet, even though she didn't have much personality. You know, it just, you know, just Jesse with her high horse. It just, ugh. what did a, you know, and I thought Slater was, you know, kind hearted, you know, he kind of ripped on the other kids a little bit, but it was all kind of playful, you yeah. know, and, I mean, he, he, he was kind of know, bullyish, but he wasn't an asshole. No, he wasn't. And it was, you know, and I gravitated to him not only because he was cute, but also just because, you know, he's somebody that kind of got along with everybody. Yeah, yeah, yes, he was a jock, mm. but he kind of. Let, let's admit it, Eva, you wanted into his pants because you thought he was hot. <laughs> I thought he was hot. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah. Okay. I mean, let's, let's put it this way. Yeah, I could look at him now and go, oh, yeah. But at 13, 14, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't want into his pants. I just thought he was cute. But I just, yeah, I, I liked his personality. I gravitated to his personality. And Zach's too. But I, I liked the fact that to me, Slater seemed more genuine and more, yeah, uh, you know what I mean? More kind, I think. Not as mischievous as, as Zach. Um, and so for the life of me, I couldn't figure out the attraction between, you know, I, I wish that he had, there had been more of a three, not say, I don't want to say three way, but I, I wish that there was more of a love triangle between you know, they did play on it in the beginning about you know Slater liking Kelly, and I wish that they had kind of zeroed in more on that for dramatic purposes. I think it would have made the show more interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, him and him like, and Jesse just didn't work, and I just didn't like it. It was just not. But yeah, they fought all the time, and it was. Ugh. Yeah, you know, and I get that. You know, hey, the love triangle thing kind of was cute, but you know what? I was done with that after about halfway through the second season. 
Yeah, yeah. You know. And I guess they all had, like, Screech liked Lisa. Slater, of course, was after Jesse, and then Zach was after Kelly. So it was all, yeah. you know, they all had their own individual. They had they had to pair everybody off because it kind yeah, of Yeah, they did. So it was like, you know, yeah. it, it was tolerable. Uh-huh. Uh, now, moving on to the last character that I really have here, um, we're going to talk about Mr. Belding, the yes. principal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played by a guy named Dennis Haskins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dennis Haskins, again, has also not really had a whole lot of roles since no. Saved by the Bell. I was going to say, has he been in anything else? I have not seen him in anything else. Well, he has. He was in a, a TV movie called Red Water, uh, where he played oh. Captain Dale Landry. Uh-huh. Uh, he's appeared on Men of a Certain Age as Mark Slatterer. Uh-huh. And the, the one that I recognized him from, because I saw a couple of episodes with it, uh, he plays a very small role, a guy named Phil Beecham in Mad Men. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that show. Okay. Oh, my God. You've got to watch it. It's, I it's, know. It's I have show. so many people. I, so many people have told me, you've got to watch Mad Men. And I'm like, it's... I I've seen, seen bits and pieces kind of flipping through the channels and channel surfing, but yeah, I need to- I'm going to tell you that it's very dark when it starts off. Yes. Yes. Uh, and there's some places that it goes that you're like, Oh my God, it, I, oh, I can't believe oh. they went there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very pushing the envelope. And I, and I like that. So yeah, I need to sit down and watch that show. Yeah. Well, I mean like there's a scene where, where, uh, Don Draper's daughter, mm-hmm. uh, she goes over to her friend's house and she thinks that everybody's asleep. Uh huh. And she starts masturbating. Nice. Uh, <laughs> they don't actually show her masturbating, but like you, you get see... enough of an impression. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know what she's doing because the the uh, look on her face and the fact that her hand. I mean, it shows like her hand going down her thighs, and and you see her like oh. starting to pull her dress up. And it's like, oh shit! And you know what she's doing. And then you know the the mother comes in. You know, the mother of the daughter that she's staying over at their house at comes uh-huh. in and catches her. Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, wow, you know, yeah, but very. you got to watch it if you haven't, it, it's, it's, I will. It, it, it's really good. And, and not so, I mean, that's, that's just a very small portion of some of the dark stuff that they do on that show. So what does he play? What does Dennis Haskins play in that? Uh, I, he's like one of these, uh, I want to say he's like one of the heads of a company that, um, that Don Draper's trying to sell advertising to. It's like he comes in, he's there for like an episode or two, and that's it. Oh wow, has he aged pretty well? No. <laughs> oh really? So no, like- he he looks like the kind of guy. He's got like this scruffy goatee thing that's going on, and it's like what he's got there has got like four or five hairs in there that's gray, and then the rest is kind of like mm-hmm. this dyed black, and then the oh, top of uh-huh. his head is jet black, and you can tell it's like Grecian formula black. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, just. <laughs> You know, you kind of want to tell him go gray naturally. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those oh, things. Oh, no. That sucks. Uh, so to get into what the character was, uh, he was – Richard Belding was the principal of, of Bayside High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was their show's resident authority figure, which I'm going to be honest. He was goofy oh. as hell. I mean, He was he so was, goofy. So goofy. You know, he always tried to portray himself as the hip and with it. Guy, and, it, you know. Oh yes. I watched that, and, and of course, as I'm watching him talk about this, the only things I can think of is Doctor Evil talking to his son, going, "Hey, Scott, I'm hip, I'm with it, you know. Ah, look at oh, me, I can do the macarena." Oh, I 
love it. And, you know, it's so funny, too, because in my descriptions on my notes here, I do put Mr. Belding, quote, unquote, hip buddy principal. I love yeah. it. <laughs> you know. He's so, you know, hip in quotations. It's just like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, supposedly in the, in the history, they go back and they find out a little bit about uh, Mr. Belding. Like, they start looking back on him. And they find out that when he attended high school, he was kind of the anti-authority hippie. Uh-huh. Uh, and Z- Jesse actually describes him as being the Zach Morris of the 60s. Oh, that's hilarious. So I'm kind of oh, like, okay, wow. you know. That's hilarious. Uh, they, they find out that according to an old copy of the school paper that Belding actually mooned the school board. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so I was like, okay, you know. Oh, wow. uh, You know. Maybe that's what the, you know, the whole point is to show that he's not so different from Zach. And that's why the two of them kind of have an understanding, maybe, that it's, yeah. you know, because you would think that the dynamic between them would be kind of like Breakfast Club with uh, with Bender and the principal in Breakfast Club, that they would just well, have to loathe each other. But I, I kind of got that. I, I, I kind of got a feel of like, you know, Dean Wormer from Animal from Animal House, which yeah. we'll be discussing that here. Uh you know, I, I kind of got a feeling with that, and I kind of got a feeling that he was also trying to be buddy-buddy and, you know, hey, Zach, if you ever have a problem, you can come to me and I'll help you out. Yeah, it was kind you of know. the start of what, like what I was saying earlier about the Disney, you know, the whole thing now with the dynamic with the adults and the kids on these shows on Disney and Nickelodeon where the you know, adults are trying too hard to be buddies with these kids. And it's just – that's the aspect of it from, again, from a mother and teacher standpoint. That's what made me cringe about Belding because it was like, okay, he's trying to – they're trying to portray him as being this cool, you know, hip, you know, buddy-buddy, you know, unobservant, clueless, you know – and it just it's it's demeaning to adults, especially adults in a position of authority. But also it's also saying that it's okay to you know for the teenagers that it's okay to do these underhanded things to Belding and to and to you know give him lip. And it's just not yeah. you know it's just like oh god no. So I don't know if that was the start of it because I don't really remember seeing that much in nine hundred two one zero and all the other shows that were on at that time. Um, maybe in Married with Children. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of shows from that time frame that I watched. Um, but yeah, that's something now that I look at it and just go, no, 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 yeah. no, not okay. You know, there, there's just so much of this that was like, okay. Ultimate cheese um, is what I call it. Yeah. You know, I, I do want to talk a little bit about, about kind of some of the background, a little bit of, uh, some of the stuff that happened here with the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Back in, uh, you know, back in 2009, uh, late night with NBC had late night with Jimmy Fallon, and they were really kind of pushing to try and get a Saved by the Bell reunion to go on. I remember hearing uh, about. That. They yeah. launched a huge campaign to go through and do it. Fans signed this online petition. Uh, uh-huh. They pledged their support for the cast to reunite on the show. Yeah. Um, Dennis Haskins was in on it. Mark Voorhees. Uh, Mark Lo- Mario Lopez, Elizabeth Berkeley, Mark Paul Goslar, they all agreed to a reunion. Yeah. Uh, and they were kind of like, okay, they were going to do this. And they did reunite in August of 2009 for a photo shoot in People Magazine, kind of a where are they now type thing. Oh, really? Uh, Dustin Diamond was not invited to participate in the photo shoot. I, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, he actually oh. was. he actually was really pretty hated by the rest of the cast. Um, yeah, well, supposedly he was claiming that he could have had any one of them, and he slept with half of the half the people, half the girls that came on the show. Oh, shit. you know, and, oh, you know, it's like okay, 
you know, look, you were a little nerd, dude. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, it also didn't help that, you know, he was writing a book and he was kind of trying to get a lot of stuff that was going to come out about, you know, behind the bell, kind of, a, oh, a, you know, really? dishing dirt on everybody. Did he write the book? Yeah. Uh, it actually, no you can go out and buy it on Amazon. It's called Behind oh, the Bell. Really? Uh, it oh, came out in September wrote... 2009. Oh, did he trash everybody? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. After, after he trashed them. Uh, like, I mean, he really ripped into him partially because I think partially he did it because he wasn't invited to the reunion because yes. they didn't really care for him all that much. Yeah. You know, and he, which is wrong. I'm him, sorry. Even if they if personal feelings aside, he was a major part of that show. I disagree with their decision to not include him. So I can understand sour grapes there because he was a big part of that show and the spinoff. True. So, true, you know. but I mean, he was a lot of it. He was blaming a lot of people for his problems. Uh-huh. Uh, when he said that he, yeah, I mean, when he said that his parents stole his money, mm-hmm. uh, he continued on to Save by the Bell. He was eighteen at like halfway through the Save by the Bell, the original series, uh-huh. and he claimed, "Well, my parents stole all my money, and I had nothing." Oh wow! Okay, well, how the fuck did that happen when you were eighteen? You had, yeah. you know, the the rights for your money reverted to you. Mm-hmm. Did you just were you fucking stupid and and let it's them awesome. still have? Access to your bank account? Hey, that's your own damn possible. fault. That's your own damn fault. I'm you wondering know. if he – did he have a drug problem? I, I – you know, it, he never came out and said it, but I wouldn't be surprised. Or maybe a mental illness of some – you know, bipolar or some other mental illness or something Would where he, his perception – Would not surprise me the least. Yeah, his perception of reality is just kind of, you know, tweaked a little bit. I'm wondering about that if he's got some underlying, you know, either addiction issues or – um, and who, cause who knows? I mean, that could also be explaining away why, where, where's all his money. Maybe he, you know, yeah. spent it on drugs. Maybe he, you know. Yeah. I mean, just, oh, it was, boy. you know, he had. Train wreck. He really, uh, the fact that he did the screeched video to try and get himself out yes. there. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the, the stand up comic, the book. The book just tells me that, again, it's another way to capitalize on whatever 15 minutes and whatever. I don't want to say 15 minutes of fame because, you know, he was a big part of Saved by the Bell. But the book and the video to me just screams desperation that he's just he's willing yeah. to dish out whatever dirt, whether it's true or false, to get to get money. And that's that's just I, I feel pity for him for that. Yeah, I really, it's um, it was just bad. I was like, oh, my God, you know, poor man. And I, I mean, I, like, you know, I mean, I saw some of his stand up act, you know, like I said before, just. You're better off watching, you know, Bobcat Goldthwaite is, is a better, he's much better than Screech, you know, and he actually made a comment once that he had to follow, uh, he came out on stage and he goes, yeah, I had to follow Screech. Oh. Um, dude, I'm going to suck. Yeah. You know, because. Yeah, totally. He, you know, and, and Screech was bad. He had to go clean up after Screech. Dude, that's not something you want to follow. You know, so, but yeah, it's maybe he, you know, his management or was, was smart enough to say, this is not your forte. This is, is not going to work. It's not going to be the big draw. You need to quit this now and maybe write a book. And maybe that was what it was. I'm failing at everything else I'm trying to do. I can't break in. I, I can't get any other roles. I don't know what else he's been in, but yeah, yeah. I, I feel, it's, I just feel bad because it all, it screams desperation, but I don't like the fact that he's being an asshole and you know, the, it's, yeah. The, the, yeah. the asshole uh, aspect of it 
you know, don't sell out your castmates. And I can understand what you know, maybe he was like that during filming. Maybe he was a backstabber during filming. Well, and I don't know. Supposedly, like, you know? like I said, he was, he was supposed to be like saying that he was able to sleep with all these people. Uh, supposedly he went and slept with, you know, one of the heads of the network. Oh, really? And he, he said that. And I'm like, you know, and I'm like, well, okay, if you're saying that, whether it's true or not, and you're saying, oh yeah, I'm this hot dude. And uh-huh. you look like you do. Uh huh. You better let be me tell you. <laughs> let, well, let me tell you. People are gonna wonder what the hell's going on with you, and if you have a mental problem. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. You know they're gonna they're gonna look at you and they're gonna be like, dude, really, really? There's something wrong with you. Yeah. You know they're not gonna so, believe it. Illusions You're, of grandeur. Yeah. Exactly. It's, you know, just uh-huh. shut your mouth. Don't if shut. you if you did. Don't advertise it like that. Don't, you know, because that just makes people hate you even more. Exactly. And, you know, it's pushing people's buttons and yeah. talking yourself up, you know, like I said, illusions of grandeur and just, you know, I call it little dick syndrome. And that's exactly, you know, yeah. I feel sorry for him. I don't know what he's doing as of late, you know, but it's just uh, the fact that he wrote a book. I, I'm curious about what he says in the book, but I know that when I read it or if I read it, it's going to be all garbage and it's not going to be true. Um, so that's just, you know, it's it's watching a train wreck, you know, like Lindsay it Lohan. Really it's just, it really it's is. So, it's so sad. And I and along with that, Lark Voorhees, I read something. Um, I admit I read The Inquirer. Um, and I, I, I'm also well aware my family's subscribed to it for <laughs> years and years and years. I got a free subscription, so I'm not throwing them away. I didn't pay for it. But I read right. something not too long ago, maybe six months ago, about Lark Voorhees. And I can't remember exactly um, – but either she's – I think she's bipolar and she's also struggled, of course, with drugs and I think losing her children. And, you know, it just – I felt bad because I'm like I don't – other than like the soap roles that I – you know, we talked about earlier, I don't know what else she's done or if she's done anything else. But she's just so despondent over just not taking – you know, not taking off like Mario Lopez and Tiffany Thyssen and, and Mark Paul that it just – you know, and that's the downside of this is that you're so big – and then, you know, the childhood, you know, I don't know if she was acting as a child or if, you know, say by the bell was her first thing, but just the, the downfall of all of that. And it's yeah. so sad, you know, yeah. I like, you know, I liked her acting. I thought she was a great actress. I didn't like her character in Saved by the bell, but I felt bad for her. I'm just like, Oh, this poor woman, you know, has these mental problems, but she was straight up yeah. with it. I'm, I'm mentally ill. I'm treating it. You know, I've fallen on some hard times. Here's, you know, here's my story or whatever. And I think they had an interview with her and her mother because um, her mother actually kind of helps to kind of take care of her. And uh, I, I had to give her props for that. Like, good for you for being yeah. out front and trying to help what fans you have, people that do remember you. You're reaching out and you're saying, I have this mental illness. I've fallen on these hard times. Here's what's, here's my story, you know. So I give her props for that. And if Dustin Diamond has indeed – some mental illness, you know, um, it would sure explain why he's such an asshole. But, you know, I, I feel like maybe he should just step up and say, this is what's going on with me. Here's, here's the, I'm going to lay it all out for you guys, you know, for yeah. whatever fans, for whatever fans I have, you know, who I, who I haven't turned off, here's what's going on with me. And maybe the sympathy might get him back into the business. You never know. It might, um, you know, it, it might. might. You know, people like, Yes, when you're on top, people will tear you down. But however, people also like a good success story too. Robert Downey Jr. You know, people like to hear yeah. about these people that have fallen down. You know, Charlie Sheen. People like to hear about those that have fallen down and have picked themselves back up. And 
So he, I think that he would be a great candidate and Lark Voorhees as well, you know, yeah, yeah. pick themselves back up. So I, I wish them well. Um, overall though, the show. Yeah. Um, let's just sit, put it this way. I've had fun doing these podcasts with you and sharing the, the things that we've done with my daughters. And this is a show I'm, I'm debating. Should I show Christina, my, my almost 12 year old? I, I, you know, maybe I will just to say, this yeah. is what I grow up. But this, this is, you know, she likes a show in particular called shake it up on Disney channel. And it's, it makes me cringe. Um, but this all I can maybe introduce it and say, this is the shake it up from 1990. You know, this, this is what yeah. I watched, you know, but uh, there's so many bad things about it that I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, maybe, know. maybe try showing it down a bit. I don't know. Yeah. But. It's, uh, but I don't have any other, I don't have any trivia or anything on this. I apologize. I didn't have. Uh, no, that's all right. I mean, I didn't really have any other, any, anything else other than, you know, the behind the scenes types kind of stuff uh, that we talked about. So it's not really, yeah. you know, again, I, I watched the show because like I said, there was nothing else on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was just, I, I dealt with it and that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Will I watch it again? Probably not. Probably not. No. You know, it, so. Uh, yeah, totally. For for what, you know, the 80s and 90s, it, w- it was representative of, you know, the fashion and, you know, but just, uh, yeah, and I like the breaking the fourth wall with Zach, and yeah. I like how all these different classes of the kids came together and, you know, included the nerd or whatever. Um, overall, though, no. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, I mean, it, it, it was definitely, when you look back on it now, it definitely captured a time period of the 90s, you know, late it 80s, did. early 90s. Yeah. But would I want to relive that? No, this is one of these no. things that you hold up and you kind of go, this is what was bad about that time. <laughs> exactly. It totally is. Yeah. It just, everything was, you know, the, everything. It was just so you know, cheesy. <laughs> yeah. You know, just, there, there was too much, you know, excuse me, too much denim in the show. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, too much of the funky patterned outfits. Oh God. Uh, and, and you know what I'm talking about? The stuff where it was like, uh, you know, you, you see the print on the, like Screech used to wear shirts that, all the time that would have like a funky print on it with little triangles yeah. all over it or oh, something. Oh, so, yeah. Geometric and. Yeah. Just. just oh, yeah. Bad, 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 Very bad. bad. Yes. And even the ones I saw last night, you know, checkered, different colored checked or checkers. And he had like purple denim and, you know, high-waisted purple denim and yeah. just, yeah, very geometric. And like, I look at it and I just get like, my eyes just get fuzzy. It was just like, I can't, I can't stare at this. It's just, it's so yeah, big. I can't, I, oh God. Yeah, totally. So, well, I think this just about wraps it up for this episode of talking about my generation. Uh I do want to ask, you know, I do want to say, please feel free to leave us uh, feedback on iTunes. Uh, you can send us a tweet. I am at S P R Z O U T. Uh, I am at Mommy of Three C Girls. Uh, you can also send us an email on mygenerationpodcast at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Talking About My Generation, for which we actually have had quite a few people who have found us this way here recently. Uh, and I do want to thank you, those of you who are liking the posts and listening to us. Uh, you can also visit us on mygenerationpodcast.com. Uh, you can come and see us there and listen to us. Check us out. We would love to hear from you guys. And for those of you who haven't found us as well, you can also listen to us on Stitcher. Uh, we have gotten the app there. Uh, we are starting to try and make some waves and starting to get popular there as well. So 
you know, please, any feedback that you guys want to give us, good, bad, indifferent, let us know what you think of the show. We love hearing about it. And just like Steve Jobs, I have one more thing. Uh, the good folks over at Trivial Trivia Podcast, which can be found on Facebook and iTunes, uh, they've invited me to join them on their trivia quiz show to discuss boats, boating, and the movie Wayne's World. Uh, so if you're one of their listeners who's hearing us for the first time, please drop us a line and let us know. We might give you a shout-out in our next episode. Uh, if you're one of our listeners, please go over there and check them out. Like them on Facebook. Let them know you heard of them from us. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to sign off now with the theme song to Save by the Bell. When I wake up in the morning and the long gets out of warning, I don't think I'll ever make it on time. By the time I grab my books and I give myself a look, I'm at the corner just in time to see the bus fly by. It's all right, cause I'm saved by the bell. If the teacher pops a test, I know I'm in a mess and my dog ate all my homework last night. Right in 